Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we like to talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name is Michael, I am a chaser, and this is episode 69, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's been waiting so long to say that. So long to say it. I'm very excited. Welcome to the show, everybody. And to my left, we have... I am Don Marshall. I'm a big chubby guy living in sunny Hollywood, and today I'm wondering... How are we going to go about celebrating episode 69? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I couldn't imagine. Can't possibly. Uh, my name is Dan Oliverio. I'm a chubby chaser, author, and public speaker. And uh, 69, I think, I, I just hope we don't get it bass backwards. That's all I have to say. <laughs> uh, I'm... I'm Trevor Keyson. I'm a super chub. Uh, I guess a writer too. Um, I am, <laughs> On occasion, you're a writer. I'm a. I'm. I don't know. I'm a '96 boy today. I'm getting it all backwards <laughs> and mixed up, <laughs> and I don't. I don't understand why this isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you there. Don't worry. We have uh, highly skilled professionals for this sort of thing. Insert tab A into slot B. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> damn! <laughs> Let us get there. <laughs> Well, oh, welcome boy. back to the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Thanks for spending another hour with us. Let's get started with... Now, when we first came up with this, a listener sent this in, um, and it's an article from the Boston Globe uh, about a CDC researcher named uh, Catherine Flegel, um, who had published a paper way back in 2005, which, Dan, you had actually read it back then? No, or? what I read was because... Okay, so the paper came out in 2005 that she wrote, and it disputes the finding of a previous paper. Mm. And it takes the audacious, it makes the audacious claim uh, based on hard data that being overweight is actually not the death sentence that the previous paper claimed. I can't believe Amazing. What? Yeah, yeah. What because, a world. What a world. All right. So uh, what happened was she was viciously attacked both in the media and preemptively in the media by the authors of the previous paper, even when they admitted that everything she said about what their work was, how they got it wrong, even though they admitted that was all right. Yeah, a yeah. professor. Uh, she's correct, but we don't like what she's saying. So yeah, she's they, wrong. they basically they basically did a media campaign because in their world, telling fat people that it was okay to be fat, no matter what the data says, mm -hmm. that was tantamount to encouraging, I don't know, death in the streets. It was Murder! dangerous. Mm -hmm. It was treated as a Murder! dangerous it's a dangerous position yeah. to take, no matter what the data says. And yes. what I read was she actually published because she went through such a, a, a hailstorm of criticism. She published sort of a, a memoir saying like, you know, there was this paper I did once and this is what happened. Mm -hmm. And she's talking about how the backlash, the anti-fat backlash in the medical community. And it should be pointed out that her specialty is statistics. Like she comes at public health from a statistician's mm -hmm. point of view. Her mm -hmm. background is mathematics. And so she's not, she, she's not taking an opinion. She's taking the math. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what they had issue with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because how could you possibly treat data as just the data? Yeah. And so essentially, yeah. So th this uh, article that was published in the Globe recently, um, uh, the Boston Globe, was essentially recapping all of this and, and comes around to nothing's really changed. Like, this is still something that is so hotly debated and contested. I mean, I guess she's been able to continue to publish similar findings and is getting a little, it's the reception is maybe a little bit better amongst the broad audience. She's been um, referenced, uh, what's the word? Not referenced, but cited, um, cited 250,000 times um, in other uh, studies. And so this is, it's, it's not inconsequential. It just sucks that she's had to spend so much of her career defending this position 
and really having been attacked for what, like a decade yeah. when, after mm-hmm. it first came out. Um, but it's, it's at least nice to see that somebody's still telling this story and not letting it become sort of a forgotten sad well, tale. Just telling the truth yeah, and not letting the, the medical prejudice override the data. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. Like I yeah. thank you, Catherine. Like we appreciate your diligent effort. Um, and we're going to continue to report on stories like this for as long as we're around. Yeah. Um, so next up, this is something that we wanted to follow up on yeah. in the news in Japan. So stick with us because yes. we're going to we're going to spin it. But yeah. oh. so earlier this year, we talked about kind of the sumo resuming in Japan and kind of the safety measures they were using, but also the lack of safety measures mm-hmm. um, specifically sort of antiquated in sumo yeah. matches. Yeah. 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 Um, and in so this story is from May and I guess. Um, at the end of March, there was a sumo wrestler, uh, Hibikiru, who suffered a head injury during a match. And it's a really bizarre story. He, at the end of the match, he's, he gets injured. He's face down, you know, on, on the floor. Mm-hmm. And it takes a really long time for them to decide to call an ambulance. And they leave him face down. And it should yeah. be pointed out, there are so, no medical professionals at the sumo yes. match because there never are. There are no, there was not a doctor on the scene, which is why basically there's just a bunch of people standing around him too nervous to move him or mm-hmm. do anything. They wait for a doctor to arrive. There's no ambulance outside, which I think in America, it's standard practice to yeah. have an ambulance at the event space on, on standby, just in case something like this happens. And in this case, um, the not insurance speaking companies broadly, will rip you apart if you don't do that. Yeah, not, not mm-hmm. painting a broad stroke about Japan, but specifically about sumo wrestling and the way that this is handled. They didn't have an ambulance there. He was on the mat, I think, for at least eight minutes mm-hmm. before anybody was able to like give him any kind of medical care. And then um, yeah, he was just laying there for eight minutes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so the, you know they started to move him, and before he was taken to the hospital, he was quoted as saying, "I don't feel below my neck. I can't breathe." Oh. And he ended up passing away um, about a month later. And so they're they're looking into this, like l- looking at the antiquated safety measures, the lack of safety measures. Yeah. And, you know, the the sumo association is saying, well, like, well, we don't see any any link here. Yeah, it's not related, basically. <laughs> yeah, he didn't die on the mat. So what's the big like deal? He's like, obviously right. not sumo related. Right. Like how could <laughs> like giving him quicker medical care couldn't possibly have made a difference in his his future prognosis. Like that's insane. And also to call yourself like a modern sport, like in any capacity, like this is standard practice. I don't think mm-hmm. they call themselves a modern sport. I think they take great pride in being an ancient sport. Well, but that's what I mean. Like we are in an age where this is standard practice. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's that, nobody. We're talking about Japan and we're talking about sumo, yeah. which well, are two of the most conservative recalcitrant. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's why people are pushing back against this saying We need to, we need to modernize the sport. We need to modernize procedures. Um, I mean, I think this is particularly relevant right now because, um, you know, the, the Olympic games start this weekend and, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Japan is understandably going through a lot in trying to manage still carrying out this event, which, you know, say what you will about it happening. There's yep. capitalism. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. I, I just heard the most Japanese story about the, uh, someone protesting the Olympics. Apparently a woman was arrested for attempting to extinguish the torch with a squirt gun <laughs> while exclaiming loudly. I do not support the Olympics. I think this is a bad idea. Like mm. that is what she's shouting as she's going to try and put it out with a squirt gun. Like, 
That is quite is a war cry. Yeah. That oh, I well. do not support this. <laughs> I'm just intrigued by the method by the method of yeah, extinguishment. I mean, this honestly, same. Like, <laughs> I I feel like that would be me. Like, I do not support this. This is not a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I think you would have the good sense to use a super soaker or something. Yeah, like that. at least get like the two handed. Yeah, just you need bring a the whole fire extinguisher. It'll be fine. There you go, fire extinguisher. But you know, the the world is burning. But it's Fat Watch Yay! 2021. Woo! And, you know, it's not all bad, folks. Uh, we have some good things coming. We do. Out of England, which, you know. Out of where? Holy yeah. crap. <laughs> this is from a program, which actually I want to give a shout out to Big Clothing for You because I discovered this because they shared it on their Facebook page. Which is a wonderful oh, oh. thing to do. Oh, yes. Nice. So, yeah, let's take a listen to a little bit. I'm probably going to edit some of it together, but we'll give you the best bits. Mm-hmm. This is Sienna. She fell in love with George. I've always been attracted to bigger guys, and so he was my ideal type. She messaged me first, sort of went from there. But you made the first move, you know, when we met? Yes, I didn't make the first move. It's what a player does, you know, organise that. They shared their love on TikTok, but many people criticise their relationship. They say, oh, this guy's fat, that's not right, that's not healthy, he shouldn't be with her because she's too attractive for him. Now that they've started their family, will people finally believe their relationship is genuine? I've just always been attracted to larger guys. The six pack thing has never done it for me. When I first realized that it was actually potentially a thing was when she sort of said, oh, I'm coming over to the UK. I was like, oh, right. I was like, so she's coming all the way from Australia. I was sort of thinking, should I do it, Jules? Should I do it? Is this a little stitch up and she wants to like rinse me for my money or whatever, but she seemed genuine. We instantly had that sort of chemistry where like, you know, you talk to someone and you instantly feel reassured and comfortable around them. I was surprised because you know, like I am a big guy. We've been a couple for like almost three years now, isn't it? Yes. What attracted you to me? Well, baby was everything. The belly mainly though, wasn't it? And your gorgeous face. Yeah, you You know the belly, don't you? I love it, like Angus is very attractive to Mm. me. And we both love each other and find each other attractive. And we have a good life and we have a lovely little child. Yes. I'd be lying if I said that, you know, I'm not slightly concerned about the future and in being my size. I've been big for so long now. I am surprised that I haven't got any health condition. I'm lucky, happy, and I don't care. He's healthy. I've got a beautiful woman, beautiful son. If you're big and you're not happy, change it. If you're big and you're happy, don't worry about it. Unless it actually physically or mentally affects your life, then you don't need to do anything but try and enjoy it. So speaking as a as a chaser, she 100% likes him for how he looks. Yeah, yes. he is I gorgeous. Can, you, Jesus Christ, he's gorgeous. Well, so and I, also like the way that she touches him, like mm-hmm. there's nothing fake about that. No, exactly. I also love, it's like, she came from Australia. Yeah. <laughs> she came literally all the way across yeah, the world. She, yeah, she came halfway around the world to to meet this man. Yeah. That, that's a hell of a coffee date. Yes. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, I'm, and, and there's something, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go, 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 go. Well, and you know, speaking from the representation side, cause I talk, you know, I talk to gay groups, I talk to straight groups and there's this, there's this thing when uh, uh, a really slim or muscular guy is into a fat woman, it's automatically seen as abusive, absolutely mm-hmm. automatically. Mm-hmm. And if the if the muscular guy dares say anything but I love her for her mind and her soul, mm-hmm. if he mm-hmm. dares acknowledge that he is physically attracted 
to how fat she is or to her fatness, it is seen as, okay, he's the devil and he must be strung up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is just so nice because uh, uh, an attractive woman like she is voicing very openly and uncon- uh, uh, unselfconsciously, like, yeah, he's this great belly and I love that. And I love how big he is. And I've always liked big guys. Mm-hmm. It really, it puts a huge dent in the conversation that you or I, Michael, could never do. Right. Just by virtue of her gender mm-hmm. and her looks. Yeah. That mm-hmm. she is the ally that needs to be able to say, that needs to say that. Like she, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's yeah. who you want on the poster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Michael's I, I just like electrified I right didn't now. realize, like, <laughs> so Dan and I had not seen this yet. Trevor yeah. and Don had watched it before the show and I'm, I'm kind of blown away by like how I, I just didn't expect that. I didn't, I didn't expect mm-hmm. that to be so completely open and honest and blunt and to the point. And there's no, like, I don't know, like you almost expect to see people be kind of coy about mm. it or be kind of like, yes, their so words I a little would bit. love him no matter what his eyes. She's like, yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, the sort of like, Oh, he happens to be fat, I suppose, mm. but I never noticed that. Or, well, and the show like shows them like they, they frame the shot where you can see all of both of them. And like, mm-hmm. if they lean in for a kiss, like she has her hand, she has her hand like sort of gently on his belly and like, they don't try and, hide that at mm-hmm. all and they're not like but they're also not like zooming in on the hand specifically yeah. like there's no like it doesn't feel exploitive it just it's, feels like they're telling it's very the story. tender and it's very real which yeah. i have to say it is very out of character for british documentary most british documentaries handle fatness as a freak show or a disease you know about public health yeah and even in american shows you know, the American journalist would would feel the obligation to have a, a balanced report so that we show how disgusting it is, mm-hmm. but how much they enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, that they, <laughs> they consider that balance. And I'm really glad that glad that this is really about their life, their love, and how they're having to address all these haters mm-hmm. who decided that they can't or shouldn't or really aren't together. Mm-hmm. And they also took the time at the end to also say that there are a lot of people who are very supportive of them and that yes. they try and focus on the people who are embracing and, you know, look up to them and admire what they do. Yeah, 200,000 followers. That's not a small chunk of people that are yeah. following. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had the, when I was watching this again, I was like, we should get CNN and George to be on the show. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> he's, I, I would love that. I would love that would to be talk a find, to her. She, like, they are a delightful couple. Yeah, they mm-hmm. sound really fun. Mm-hmm. We can I think do, we'll have we to spend half the show hosing down Dan and Michael, but yeah, I think mm. it'll be a good idea. We might hose down ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Don, we can handle that, okay? <laughs> this is episode 69. <laughs> I also have to say that seeing, I mean, I said Michael is electrified. I think this turned Michael's whole day around. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think he is. <laughs> no, I mean, George is absolutely mm. gorgeous in that video. Yeah. Oh, hands yeah. down. Absolutely hands down. 100%. And he's a movie star or TV star. And he's a, yeah, he's a TV star. He's got it going on. <laughs> have you he's ever confident. heard of the show? I've I mean, never he's heard so of confident. I have, I have yeah. not. I have to hand it to Sienna for getting in, sliding into those DMs. She like, did. Like <laughs> Mystique sliding under that door in X Men <laughs> and flying from Australia to England. Well, and, just and I do want to acknowledge that, you know, George talks about how, like, is this for real? Because mm-hmm. she's real mm-hmm. pretty and she's from Australia. Mm-hmm. And, like and th- th- there's there's a little bit of you know it's not like it's not I'm, you know like I'm sure Brad Pitt gets fan mail and, right and he doesn't and what you know while it may be of whatever quality or of whatever uh, um, 
impetus. I don't think he's going like, but I'm not sure if they're really into me or if they're just interested in my fame. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> I yeah. don't think Brad Pitt has that consideration. Yeah. There's a sweet, I feel like I'm the only one that's reacting a little differently to this. And it has nothing to do with the piece itself. I'm just so tired of presentations of like someone being attracted to someone who looks like me as being a novelty. Yep. Yeah. I'm mm -hmm. just so tired of it. You know, Wait, and the, no matter how uplifting and how positive it is, I'm just, ugh. well, I mean, how I saw it when I was doing, um, you know, back in the, back in the stone age, when I was on MTV with, uh, with Mikey, I came to think of it as like, okay, you're, we're sort of volunteering to be exhibited, mm -hmm. but the show that we're doing, it's like, you know, it's true that Mikey is the fat guy is, is the organ grinder, but I'm the monkey. <laughs> because so often, I mean, I was told this by the producer that the people are, t are tuning in not to see a fat person on television. They're tuning in to see a person who looks like me, who's attracted to a fat person. Mm -hmm. And people are angry because a beautiful woman, in this case, a beautiful mm -hmm. woman is attracted to a fat man. Yeah. Like that is absolutely unacceptable to them. It, it must be stopped. Mm -hmm. It must be corrected. Um, and that's what's going on there. And it's an unpleasant reminder. I, I completely understand. You know? And, and yes, yeah, so on the one hand, I don't want to be the downer guy. No, you it have a valid beautiful point. video. It is a beautiful video and they are lovely people. But, but the news is that, oh my God, look at this couple still that, and that is internationally. And I have been seeing that story since the nineties mm -hmm. and I'm tired. Yep. So I'll sorry. take it. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's representation. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say that it's not just something. It's something with it's an exclamation something. mark. Um, it's something with an exclamation mark instead of just that's right. the dot, dot, dot. That's right. All right. Yeah. So well, we, we, got, we got you. Maybe you're sky high. Maybe you're on the ceiling. Maybe you're <laughs> um, approaching the blades in. Because it's in, like Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka yeah. <laughs> and you, you look behind the, the blades and there's Michael. Oh, no, wait. We're not that part yeah, of the show. Fizzy yet. lifting drink. <laughs> burp, Charlie. Burp. <laughs> We got to take it back down a little bit now. <laughs> um, so there was this article in Vice that I saw. Mm -hmm. um, it was actually just a kind of a, it's a kind of a Q and a thing where people send in questions. Um, and sort the, of dear Abby style. Yeah. And the title is what is mid size and do I want to be it? <laughs> uh, which my mind first immediately went to cars. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what I was thinking. I, yeah. And I'd seen this term before. Um, I've seen it popping up more and more. The term midsize is kind of the sect of people that are diverging um, from the term small fat, which, you know, we've talked about in the past. There's small fat, which is uh, sizes 14 to 18. Mid fat sizes 20 to 24. <laughs> Lane Bryant fat. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> it's a woman's. Uh, I have not seen Lane Bryant fat before. To be <laughs> honest, I just pulled up another list. Uh, sizes thing? 24 to 28. Super fat which is 26 to 32 and Infinifat, which is size 34 plus. Okay. Oh, and then um, there's a, a cheeky version of uh, Infinifat, which is death fat. Oh, that, which yeah. is a uh, 36 plus. And what that is, it's, it's people reclaiming the term morbid obesity. Oh, like when sure. you get, when mm -hmm. they put in your chart that you're oh. morbidly obese, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of, a lot of people have just sort of taken that on the way that, that gay people took on queer Got it. as like, yeah, I'm death fat. Right, 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 right. Um, but anyway, so the this <laughs> the midsize is kind of the you know the lower end of the spectrum, diverging away. And I've also seen a lot of um, so people who identify as midsize, it kind of is like um, fitness 
TikTok almost, where it's more yeah oriented towards plus size workout stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, which I I like. I I was researching this and I found a TikTok that kind of broke down the the why this is kind of problematic. Uh, so this is at the Becca Murray on TikTok. The word midsize often feels like a way for people to not to deny their thin privilege and or distance themselves from fatness all while mm-hmm. cozying up to body positivity mm-hmm. of movement created by fat women and intended to center their fat bodies. Yeah. So that's uh, the, the writer of the, the vice article, Casey Johnson sort of says the same thing, yeah. which is basically like you, you're sort of denying the fact that you still have a thin privilege being somebody who fits in the world. You may not be a super thin person or a hyper fit person, mm. but you still can move through the world and fit in the ways that. Yeah, exactly. No one's throwing it off an airplane because you don't fit in one seat. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Why? Why are these extra labels necessary? Why? Why is this a needed thing? Because people love labels. <laughs> people love labels. People love labels. But I think also, um, in terms of the higher end of this fat spectrum, with um, Infinifat, I've seen a lot of um, uh, influencers and activists really focusing on Infinifat because it is often the people who are left behind, especially now that body positivity has been co-opted. Um, as a marketing term, mm-hmm. um, which I think is actually why um, the, there's now this the movement of body neutrality, which um, I am iffy about because I've it's it's still forming. It's kind of like this loose egg mass um, <laughs> amoeba style. Yeah, where it's like some of it is kind of recentering body positivity and kind of looking at it at a new angle of vo- trying to avoid toxic positivity. But also there is some of it that's like nihilism where it's like, right. <laughs> my body is a vehicle. My body it has no vessel. meaning. <laughs> it has no meaning. Yeah. Um, I, I think at its best body neutrality is look, you don't have to love your body every goddamn second. Sometimes right. you just live in a body. You don't have mm-hmm. to like yeah. force yourself to like, like, yeah, it yeah. doesn't have to, you don't have to celebrate your curves every minute. It's you're living in a body. Sometimes you have good days, you have bad days and just acknowledge that you're having a good day or a bad day. It's not about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, I like the idea of body neutrality as being the uh, sort of the average of your feelings about your body. Like you might land somewhere in the middle between like f- looking to feel positive and then accepting that you can feel negative mm-hmm. as opposed to what Trevor was saying, which is like, like forced neutrality, which is, well, I will never feel either good or bad about my body at any time. Yeah. Which is, yeah. That feels mm-hmm. weird to me. That yeah, feels it, that it to exists very on robot-like. the spectrum seems like the only way you possibly could exist. Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. where body, body neutrality can go wrong is when, as you say, Michael, it's this idea of like, I shouldn't have feelings about my body. It's just my body. Well, people have feelings about everything. People have feelings about, you know, their shoes. Yeah. yeah. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah. yeah. When I feel like you can be in body positivity and be in that space of the spectrum. Because like what I like about body positivity is like, okay, so I'm having these issues with my body, but my, my body is like looking at acknowledging your body that you are still alive. You are still functioning and here's what's working in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't know ev- everyone has stuff going on in t- like internally, like mentally, physically. And I think just acknowledging your body in, it's continued existence and keeping you alive is a, I don't know, a good thing to do. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, the term midsize falls into this. I'm still trying to wrap my head around like, Why? so it's, so I think it's midsize because it's like, like you're not plus cause like trying to like inch away a little from plus size. Like I'm not quite plus size, 
like you're not quite, you know, to borrow from the the chart I just pulled up, uh, Lane Bryant fat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more like you know, um, uh, ASOS fat. <laughs> I mean, it, it serves a couple of functions. One, the term midsize uh, means you don't have to use the F word mm. fat. Mm-hmm. which a lot of people just cannot say and don't want to be anywhere near. I mean, I think yeah. a lot of, I think a lot of chubs, even in our world, a lot of chubs say they're bears because they don't want to say they're chubs mm-hmm. and bear is just a more marketable brand. You know, brand bear is really popular brand mm-hmm. fat. Not so much. Right. So there's that, but then there's this idea that it's midsize, which is kind of funny because the, the, the people they're talking about don't really seem in the middle. They seem again, they're, they're the people who are not thin and traditionally like they're not, they're not going to be the, the women who appear in magazines on, you know, the traditional sports illustrated stuff, Sure, but they don't get thrown off planes for being fat. They can still shop in normal stores. Right. Yeah. And so the last thing they want to call themselves is fat. On the other hand, they have a huge amount of thin privilege still because they don't deal with a lot of the stuff that most people, I, mean, I would, I'm going to say most fat people deal with. Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the other angles here, which I, I kind of get is that to, if you are somebody who could be identified as mid-size, to use the term fat would be to to take it would be to almost co-opt the movement towards yourself in a negative way. Like I, I think you're right. It would mm-hmm. be saying like, oh, I I need I'm to be too. taken yeah. care of in the oh, same way that that's interesting. I have thought of it do. that. Way. Yeah, that's that's so that's legit. I think there's a a couple ways to mm-hmm. come at it, which is why I was kind of confused because I was like, I get I see both sides, and I don't really understand why. Like I just don't understand where this even needs. Well, to but fit. see, if that were the case, though, what what would be wrong with small fat? Um, well, the the what Casey was saying was that it was the idea of like you, the the word fat pull. It, it's like upstaging the actual fat people who need the to be able to speak and have that spotlight to talk about whatever the issues are. Interesting. I'm it, glad you I'm glad you played that out like that. I honestly I wasn't understanding the reason why you would need these subcategories. But if it's to put yourself into a position where you can function as an ally. Um, so earlier on, earlier on when we were talking about Catherine Flegel, one of the questions that I asked was, well, okay, so is she fat? Like, is that one of the reasons why people are thinking that she has bias in mm-hmm. this study? Mm-hmm. The fact that you can think that way, I can, I can understand why somebody who wants to be an ally might want to take on a different label so they're not arguing, so that they can argue with their privilege, mm-hmm. use their privilege to benefit the movement as opposed to associating themselves as a fat person mm. and feel like you're fighting for your own rights, which I think people look at as being selfish or self-serving or biased. I, I can see you the know? I can see the wisdom of that. I, I suppose then it comes down to, are we really going to fight about who gets to say fat? Uh, yeah. And and it's true. Like I know a lot of uh, men, women, very fat men, very fat women who are absolutely just—they despise when someone who's like two hundred and ten pounds is calling themselves fat and saying, "Oh, you know, as a fat person, blah 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 blah." And they're like, "Shut the fuck up." One day, can't we all just be fat? Like, isn't that what we really want in the world? Yeah. Come together now. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's nothing new to see so many euphemisms for degrees of fat. You know. Mm. Like in the introduction of the show, I'm used to calling myself a big chubby guy, right? It's not because I don't call myself fat. It's just because that's the verbiage that's on the tip of my tongue mm. when I'm describing my body. Well, mm. and also right. we're called chubby chasers. We chase chubs. We don't chase fat men. We're not fat chasers. Right. You know, <laughs> that sounds, yeah. 
and a threatening. Exactly. Well, and the whole <laughs> idea of chasing. You down. Yeah, exactly. Chasing is is has this sort of like <laughs> this this craving. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're gonna get you. Uh, on the other side, uh, there's you know the, on the straight community, they're fat admirers, which to me always sounds like they're going antiquing. Right. They like, admire. Oh, they're, they're connoisseurs of the larger form. Whenever you say that, I'm picturing a big museum with fat people <laughs> hanging in it. Hanging. Oh, no. oh. oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I've seen this one before. No, to me, it's like some very erudite Fraser-like character passing by a fat woman and saying, "Like, yes, that would really go in my den." <laughs> I, I like the idea. So, pitch, uh, Fraser reboot, but he's a, a chaser. <laughs> um, so it's funny. So Don was talking about euphemisms, and you were talking about this before, and I was. Uh, so you know, I have my fat aggregator that gives me all of these stories and. Um, fat in the news. <laughs> there was one where it was basically local, like Houston times or something talking about, um, you know, this guy, he lost a hundred pounds. Um, and I think it was, he was like, I don't know. I think like, you know, two eighty or something and lost weight, but they didn't say the word fat at all in the article nope. or, or obese or overweight. They said heavy, mm. hmm. which was just a weird and just, Weird to see it just repeatedly. You're trying so hard not to, use not the to F say word. the word fat. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I don't know if you remember this. Um, I was having dinner with a friend and he brought uh, a friend. And we were talking about fat stuff. But the guy wouldn't. And he was talking about, oh, I have, I have family members who are heavy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, and he kept saying different euphemisms. I'm like, you know. Like you can say fat, like it's okay. Like I, and like, I'm saying fat because I find all these euphemisms weird. And then he started saying overweight. I'm like, I find that especially offensive. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is implying that it is weighing more than someone should that, or that it is. There's a wrong weight. Yeah. Yeah. There's a wrong weight and you have it. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Overweight I think is, is the worst of them all. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. Because you can't be over your own weight. Mm-hmm. You're just, you are the weight that you are. You are the weight that you are. So yeah, overweight means that there is a standard and you are in violation of it. Heavy no. was, heavy was the euphemism I was raised with. That mm-hmm. was, that was my mom's go-to. Mm-hmm. Husky was the one I, yeah. I, I heard. Husky I never heard after I turned like 12. Like it's that a, was kid for a kid one. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely a kid one. Oh, but a husky it was, kid. Yeah. Well, there was the Husky section in the local yes. store. Well, it was a brand. <laughs> oh no, no. It was just, it, that was the. That was the fat kids section. The the husky section. Yeah. Or, you know, getting clothes for your your sled team. (laughs) (laughs) I do love a husky. I was going to say. Huskies are very cute. (laughs) (laughs) Calm down over there, Michael. Calm down. (laughs) He's just still electrified from. We're talking about cute guys, right? (laughs) It's episode 69. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. There's. I know so many chasers who refuse to use the word fat mm, and they yeah. refuse to use it a little bit out of there. I mean, they, they claim it's in deference to fat people who don't want to be called fat, but you can tell it's really a thing with them that they don't want to be accused of no, liking yeah. something called a fat person. Nobody wants to use the word fat. Like that's, it's, it, it is a, you have to train yourself to be okay with that word. Well, because we've been told that and it's, it's the only euphemism like we have all the, right, we have all these euphemisms, right? Now, if you think of all the other ways you can you can sort of get around saying the actual word for something, uh, and usually it's insulting, right? So, like uh, you know, I'm half Italian, and you know, we were for a long time referred to as WAPs, but you actually have to explain what WAP is to someone. 
you don't have to explain what, you, you, with a euphemism or a slur, you actually have to look up or have it be explained to you what the slur means. Right. Everybody knows what fat means. It's because it's the, it's because it's the it's word the for it. It's word. the actual word. It's the word. Like, it's like yellow or rectangular. It's the word for it. And so the euphemisms are all designed to make us not picture an actual fat person because the word fat to be fat is literally so horrible, it's unspeakable. Yeah, because like, look at look at what the, comes to mind when you use some of the euphemisms. Chubby gives a cherubic image, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, um, or cute. Yeah, uh, yeah, chubby cheeks. Mm-hmm. That's what people think of. Like chubby checker. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of the comic. Gabriel Iglesias. Mm-hmm. He's the one who fluffy. fluffy. Caught the time oh. fluffy. Yeah, I have I'm, to say I hate fluffy. Oh, I do too. I, I hate leading. that it became a thing, mm-hmm. and I'm I feel like I probably. I don't know. Maybe that person who's trapped in uh, the purgatory of their car clutching the wheel is like, but I like that word. I hate it. <laughs> I was leading a seminar to a youth group and um, this, this, you know, gorgeous young Hispanic kid was like, I like fluffy. I'm fluffy. I'm said, you know, the word we're going to use in this seminar is fat because fluffy is just a way to like not cop to that. Right. And you know, pillows are fluffy. People are not yeah. fluffy. Cake is fluffy sometimes, you know. But yes, it is. But, all, yes, all it is. The, but it's just to <laughs> it's hammer home your point. <laughs> fat is the only one that doesn't have that sort of positive connotation to it. Well, in mainstream it be, usage. It should be you know? neutral, like yellow or rectangular yeah. or tall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we've just we've we've allowed over the years. Yeah. Well, and and something that I I've demonstrated, you know, in in my seminars is when you make a certain word unspeakable, you therefore demonize it. Yeah. You know, like if I say. No one would say like, you know, I have this friend, Enrique, and he's, well, he's, he's sort of south of the border. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, what's wrong with Mexican? You know, it becomes a thing. It oh. becomes unspeakable. The way you whispered it, I was like, oh, is he like unwell? Yeah. <laughs> That's no, the first thing that I thought. And yeah. well, he, well, you know, you know, Don, he's a, well, well, you know, Don's a, Don's a really, well, he's, he's really fluffy. <laughs> and you're like, what the, yeah, it, it becomes icky. It become everybody knows what you mean, and everybody knows that it's icky, and that's why you haven't used the correct word for it. It's it's the mother whisper, like mm-hmm. yeah, you know she's a lovely girl, but you know she's suffering right now. She's she's got the cancer. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Michael's manager at work, he laughed when he told me this the first time. It was uh, his. She's super lovely person, but he's like, well, she, you know, she always tells me that she has her her friend, like her friend who's a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Every time. Well, and it's the case where, or, or you say something, you know, she, you know, he's a, well, he's a friend of Dorothy's, <laughs> and it, it, it's always that whispered, covert, and therefore unacceptable, not acceptable for public discourse, and that's why you get, that's why you get this. I mean, if someone hears her saying lesbian, they might assume she's a lesbian. <laughs> right. You don't. You can't have that. <laughs> I think maybe instead of when. People are uncomfortable with a word they have to use. Instead of whispering it, they should just scream it. (laughs) (laughs) She's a lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) Have you met Trevor? He's like so fat. (laughs) (laughs) I think part of this, the little spiral I had is ever since Dan said, uh, WAP, I... I, my mind went to wet ass pussy. <laughs> no, we're so not just, known for that exactly. It's just, in my, it's just in my head right now. Uh, but I thought it was wet ass pizza. 
Is that not it? No. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> some, some dry pizza energy, Trevor. <laughs> All right. Well, do we have anything more on this? I feel like we've exhausted that yeah, sufficiently. Uh, do we have a tip today? Oh uh, no, we did. We are tip free. No tip. No, no, no tip. tip. It's just sixty nine. Yeah. Well, we do have a bit. Oh. The bit is going to feel like it's coming a little bit out of left field because it was written for the original topic that we had attended. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Welcome to some random questions about car safety, everybody. Yay. (laughs) Uh, Maybe fat cars? There's a couple. (laughs) Yep. All right. Mid-sized cars. (laughs) Car stuff. uh, When I started doing the deep dive into car safety in the United States, holy crap, is it a weird and convoluted history. Mm. If you ever want to do just an interesting read on it, go research this topic. It's fascinating. But, uh. So here are some of the strange things that I've taken away from uh, my journey down this particular rabbit hole. Um, so early car safety features were very broad. Things like brakes were considered to be <laughs> a big advancement in car safety. Um, so which of the following were not early car safety features offered by certain companies? Okay. okay. One, buoy doors. What? Break away floating doors in case of driving the car into water. Okay. Two, the O'Leary fender, a mesh cradle or fender that would spring forward and safely scoop up a pedestrian when the vehicle struck him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Three, staggered seating. The seats were staggered with the driver slightly ahead so the passengers could hold onto the shoulders of the driver when they are taking sharp turns. Or four, oil-proof vacuum cup tires. Tires covered with little sucker cups that prevented skidding on slick surfaces. Oh, dear. (sighs) All but one of these were real things that you could get. I was going to say the shoulders one, but I think it's the sucker cup one. I am torn, but sure. No, I'm going to go with the doors one. That seems a little too high-tech fancy. Yeah. I I also don't understand it. Like, do they keep the car afloat or are they inflation... are they use like them if you go, like they, they, they're supposed to break off so you can they, it's so you won't get trapped in the car. The cars the doors easily come off and then they're flotation devices. You know, for driving through lakes. <laughs> well, is that your Yeah, sure, I'll go with that. That sounds ridiculous. Okay, okay. we got two for buoy doors, one for sucker cups. Uh-huh. The correct answer is in fact the buoy doors. Aha. Oh. Uh-huh. Um I knew it. There have been some actual designs for it, but it's never actually gone into production. Um in the 1980s only about 14% of Americans wore their seatbelts in cars. When a seatbelt law that would fine people for not buckling up was introduced for the first time in Michigan, which of the following was not an argument made against it consistently? One, they were uncomfortable and restrictive. Two, because freedom, (laughs) a.k.a. communism and Hitler analogies. Mm -hmm. Three, they would prevent you from escaping from a sinking car or a car on fire. Or four, it would be too expensive to put them in all American cars. Well, these uh, all sound legit. What was the first one again? Uh, they were uncomfortable and restrictive. I say that one. I say A. My father said that to the day he died. <laughs> <laughs> um, you couldn't believe. But it, that's the only one that makes the most sense. That's why I feel like it couldn't possibly be. <laughs> I remember as a little boy, and he would be astonished that every time I got into a car, I would put on my seatbelt like it was... No big deal. My, my dad wouldn't start, wouldn't move the car until the seatbelts were on. Mm. <laughs> my mom would, whenever he got in the car, would say, <laughs> seatbelts, Ghostbusters, Michael Jackson. 
Why? What? I don't know. <laughs> Just apropos of nothing. Well, was there like so a checklist I, or something? I don't know. Did but you was, listen to Michael well, so Jackson was, as a kid? So my brother was really into Ghostbusters. So I'm guessing that's Ghostbusters. Okay. And my uncle with Down syndrome was like a Michael Jackson super fan uh-huh. and had a Michael Jackson doll that he carried around. So I'm guessing maybe there was just a point where <laughs> like she, she was just, just, she snapped <laughs> and was like, seatbelts, Ghostbusters, Michael Jackson. All right, I so what up. is your guess, Trevor? Um, <laughs> seatbelts, Ghostbusters, Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with the, it'll be too hard to get out of a sinking car because I think that would be, I, I can see people making that argument, but I don't think that would be as widespread as the others. Okay. And Dan. Um, I, rem- I remember people making that argument. I'm going to go with the it's uncomfortable that they thought that wasn't a legitimate enough uh, reason to not put them in the cars. But, oh, I, I remember people saying, like, I'm not going to wear my seatbelt. When I get in a collision, I'm going to be thrown clear. <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing that a lot when mm-hmm. I was a kid. All right. Thrown well, the clear. correct answer is, in fact, this one was a trick question. If the correct answer was it would be too expensive to put them in all American cars. You're kidding. When the law was passed that you must wear your seatbelt there was already a law in place that all cars had to have seatbelts. So you can't make the argument that it would be too expensive to put them in cars. Seatbelts had been required to be in cars since 1968. You're clever. I am am cruel. I am a cruel quiz master. He's a maniac. I feel like James Bond did be tied up just at the shark tank and you you set up the thing and I'm... All right, last one. Seatbelts have been shown to be less effective for different body types. Mm. Which of the following body types are best protected by seatbelts? One, skinny body types. Two, average body types. Three, mid-sized body (laughs) body types. Or four, fat body types. Uh, I would say average just because... Well, it depends what average means these days. Because average is as dictated by BMI. All, all of these things are always dictated by BMI on industry standard stuff. I think, because I think it was like, yeah, they had a BM. There was an average BMI. They were like 5'10". Like, it's like for the man who was 5'10 and 170 pounds. It's like, so, mm. so I guess that's. I think average. Average. So two for average. Yeah. Average. Three for average. The correct answer is, in fact, slight uh, mid-sized body types. Oh. Hmm. Having a little extra body fat on you actually increases your chances of survival with seatbelts by 5% above regular the average oh, body Oh, I misunderstood types. the question. Sorry. I've been doing that all day. All right. <laughs> so I just thought that was very interesting. But going into the whole seatbelt thing for fat bodies was a little distressing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. they, uh, larger body types are not significantly. I mean, they're, they're saved. Don't get me wrong. You should wear your damn seatbelt. But uh, there have been some explorations into making an improved seatbelt for fat people. Yeah. Um, the, the results aren't on the market yet, but the research is ongoing. And uh, that I'm excited about. What are your designs for new seat belts? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to do the thing where I talk to myself again. <laughs> Let us know. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Sorry. We're on Twitter and Instagram as at big fat gay pod. We're on Facebook as the big fat gay podcast. Leave us five stars there. Leave us five stars in every on Apple podcast and pod chaser. Yay. You remembered. <laughs> See the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Yeah, uh, it's episode 69, everyone. Maybe you're uh, you're listening to this on a, on speaker on your phone. 
Because you're getting ready to 69. Well, oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll set the mood for you. <laughs> but um, Some kind of mood. Uh, there's a knock at your door, and it's... Um, it's not Michael. No, please no. Don't do it to me, Ken. Then <laughs> <laughs> you open the door and no one's there. But oh. then you go back to bed and it's Michael and he's going to 69 you. So. Jesus Christ. Someone else say it. Look out! <laughs>